Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. We are talking body stuff. I love talking about body stuff, especially, you know, when it comes to these trends and myths and all of these different like crazy ways to work out to reduce looks of certain parts of our body because a lot of it is such a myth. And I think we need to do a little bit of myth busting here, especially for us women who, you know, look at all of these different Instagram models or pictures and we see these seemingly perfect bodies and we have to remember that the picture doesn't tell the whole story. There's ways that these women are posing that hide certain aspects of things they might feel insecure about. There's clothing that they're wearing so you can't even see some of the stuff that they're hiding. And then of course there's photoshopping and filters that people are using to reduce looks of certain parts of their body or cover it up or alter it or blur it out or all manner of things that we can do to make our body look however we want it to look nowadays, which is also a little bit frightening. So some of the main topics that we're gonna talk about today are cellulite, thigh gaps, six pack abs. I'm also gonna touch on hip dips and different myths about these key topics. So let's get into talking about cellulite. Now, of course, my training, my background is a personal trainer. So when we're talking about body stuff and muscles and and fat deposits and deposition, you know, we have to remember that genetics play a huge role in the appearance of our body. Now, cellulite is that bumpy kind of texture that we get on our skin most often in our hips and our thighs and our bum. So it is when fat deposits begin to push through layers of collagen fiber or connective tissue under our skin. So it can happen, like I said, in our glutes and our thighs, but it can also happen in our arms and our stomach as well. Connective tissue can be weakened by hormones, a lack of exercise and muscle tone, excess fat, and poor circulation. Now, one of the biggest myths is that there are ways to get rid of cellulite completely. This has not been proven. Yes, there are some drastic treatments that you can do, some fairly invasive treatments, but even those will not get rid of cellulite 100%. There's other treatments that you can have done, uh, like cool sculpting, for example, 
that can reduce the look of cellulite, but it's not a long-term strategy. The research is still out. There are a lot of wild claims that you can, you know, dry brush your cellulite away or this cream with caffeine will help to stimulate circulation and that can help get rid of cellulite or doing certain massages can help to break apart the connective tissue that will get rid of cellulite. All of this is not backed up in science. So the evidence says that there is no long-term solution to actually get rid of cellulite. If you have cellulite, and I'm gonna just put this out there, that majority of women do, it's completely natural and it's completely normal. There's nothing wrong with cellulite. But if you're buying into a belief that you can get rid of cellulite, you can't. Spoiler alert, you can't get rid of cellulite. However, you can do things to reduce the appearance of cellulite. Obviously, when we lose weight, if we have weight to lose, some of that cellulite can disappear. However, if we have cellulite, most often it's because it's genetic. Look at your mom, look at your grandmother, do they have cellulite? Chances are you're probably going to have it too. So we can't get rid of this genetic factor. However, we can reduce the appearance. But when weight loss occurs, sometimes it makes the appearance of cellulite even more because the skin has kind of shrunk down and we... Uh, and we'll get to muscle tone in just a second, but sometimes the appearance of cellulite can become exaggerated when we do lose weight. So you can still be very thin and very, you know, slim, but still have cellulite. Again, this is completely normal. There's nothing wrong with that. So weight loss could reduce the appearance of cellulite, but it might not. It might not, so that's not a surefire way to reduce cellulite. Another way that we can reduce cellulite a little bit is by building muscle tone, because when we build muscle, then we expand the skin. And when we expand the skin, remember that cellulite is superficial. It's not deep, so even when you're going and getting you know, really invasive procedures like liposuction, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the cellulite. It could make the appearance of it worse because liposuction is going deep into the fat layers and cellulite is, is more um, superficial. So it's, that's not an excellent way to get rid of cellulite. But by building muscle tone and building muscle, we can reduce the appearance of cellulite. However... By building muscle, it means that we're going to expand whatever muscle that is. So you have to be okay with your legs becoming a little bit wider in circumference by building muscle, but at the same time reducing that appearance of cellulite. So the composition definitely looks smoother, but you could increase in, in a dress size, which again, it is totally fine and if you don't want to do that and and not reduce the appearance of cellulite that's also totally fine as well you know i think we need to get away from 
trying to do all of these things that reduce looks of this or, you know, like cellulite is a completely normal attribute of most women. Some men have cellulite, but because of our hormones, women have cellulite far more than men do. This is normal and it's okay. I think when we're doing exercises to specifically reduce looks of cellulite or, you know, increase looks of thigh gap, which we're going to get to, which is, it drives me absolutely crazy. But when we're doing exercise specifically to reduce looks of cellulite, we're exercising for the wrong reasons. Exercise should be done because we want to move our body, because we appreciate our body, not because we want to reduce a look of cellulite. You know, we need to have a different motivation when it comes to exercise for it to be long lasting and for us to be in a healthy place. Okay, let's talk about thigh gap. The elusive thigh gap. Now, if you don't know what thigh gap is, it's when you're standing ankle to ankle, so your feet are touching, and none of your legs are connected. There's no touching of any, you know, right and left leg. There is a space all the way up from your ankles all the way up to your pelvis. That's what a thigh gap is. This drives me absolutely crazy. When you, when I read, you know, you go on Pinterest and you see these different uh, pins that say reduce inner thighs to get thigh gap or exercises that increase thigh gap. What a load of bollocks. Firstly, thigh gap is largely genetic. It has to do with the width of your hips compared to the length of your femoral head in your leg. There's not a whole lot we can do about thigh gap because it's structural. Now, if you stand ankle to ankle and your knees don't touch, there is a chance that if you don't have thigh gap all the way up and you exercised and got lean enough, you would have it because your knees don't touch. But if you stand ankle to ankle and your knees touch, well, that's the cue angle of your hips. There's no way that you're going to get thigh gap in a healthy way. And again, why are we striving for something as stupid as a thigh gap? Like, come on, people. This should not be the main focus. Now, when you see thigh gaps, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone is unhealthy or too thin. Again, this could just be the structure. It could be the the width of their hips. It could be the way that their body is just anatomically laid out. There's nothing we can do about that. What we do see though is people who are striving to have thigh gap or potentially do and they're not structurally built for it, then we do see red flags in terms of disordered eating, disordered behaviors with exercise. And it's a cause for concern. If you have a thigh gap, and you eat healthy and you exercise in a way that's healthy and that's just how your body is naturally, then great. And if 
you don't have a thigh gap and you eat healthy and you exercise in a way that's healthy, then that's also great too. But just like cellulite reduction, when we're doing exercise that will increase the likelihood of us getting a thigh gap, um, we need to seriously look at our motivation behind why we're doing that specific type of exercise and our relationship with exercise as a whole. We put so much value and worth into what our body looks like that we do some pretty extreme things to make it look ways that it was never meant to look. And remember that trends come and go. You know, thigh gap was big, but you know, next year it could be something else. And what are we doing to our bodies right now to keep up with a specific trend that's going to go away in however long? Remember that a full voluptuous body that had more fat on it used to be extremely desirable and still is in other cultures. So we can get back there. And what kind of measures are you taking to make yourself stick thin that are going to have serious complications and implications down the road? We shouldn't be focusing on something like a thigh gap. Again, thigh gaps are structural for the most part it's genetic because the way our hips are formed our q angle of our hips is genetic Um, so if you have thigh gap and you just naturally have it great if you don't naturally have it don't try and, and get it because here's the thing you can get really lean and you can get thigh gap But what are you going to have to do in order to get that? What kind of measures are you going to have to take? Do you really want to go down that road? Is it worth it? I'm going to say no, it's not worth it. Okay, six-pack abs. Let's talk about six-pack abs. As a woman, having a six-pack is extremely difficult. Majority of women don't have six-pack abs, and the majority of women shouldn't have six-pack abs. In order to get six-pack abs, you know, like those abs that you can see are stacked, you have to be incredibly lean. In order to see your abs, you generally need to fall below 20% body fat, if not even sit around uh, the 15, 16, 17% range. Now, when you fall in that body fat percent range as a woman, your hormones start to become affected. Not every woman's because there are women that have six packs and their hormones function fine. But majority of women, when they get too lean, lean enough where you can see a six pack, then there's other things going on. Now, the chance of losing your menstrual cycle, amenorrhea, is more common when you're that lean, obviously, because your body, a woman's body, isn't meant to be that lean. I mean, our bodies are meant to be able to create another life. In order to create another life, we need energy and energy demands to create that other life. 
we need sufficient fat stores. That is just reality. Even if you don't plan on having a baby, your body is still designed to be able to carry a baby. And in order to do that, it needs fat stores. So regardless of what your intentions are or not, this is what our body needs in order to function properly, hormonally. And then the other is psychological. Like, why do you need a six-pack? Like, why do you want a six-pack? Now, of course, there are risks associated with obesity. And when we store weight around our midsection, we have all our internal organs there. And that kind of weight becomes a lot more dangerous than when we put weight on our hips. But I'm not like, I'm talking like a lot of weight. And again, there's there's correlations, but there's not causation. So you could be heavy and you could have more fatter on your midsection and not have any health conditions. It just, having weight, excess weight around the middle puts you at a higher risk, but it doesn't mean you're going to get something. That's very important to remember. We have There's no absolutes. It's like saying, if you smoke, you will get lung cancer. There is a high correlation, but there's a lot of people that smoke that don't get lung cancer. So we have to be really careful with that. So psychologically, when we're trying everything we can to get this these six-pack abs as women, just like thigh gap, the extent that we have to go to in order to achieve that attribute is pretty extreme, especially if genetically you're not a super lean person. We've talked about uh, body composition and body shapes in another episode and we have ectomorphs, endomorphs, mesomorphs. Well, your ectomorphs are those really naturally lean people and it's hard for them to put weight on. It's gonna be easy for those people to get six pack abs if they're moderately active. I mean, like you just look at, look at teenagers, like gangly boys and they're just shredded. They're not strong, they're just lean. Um, Women are the same as well. Endomorphs are your naturally heavier set people and mesomorphs tend to put on muscle easier. They're just naturally muscular. So easier for those people to develop, you know, maybe more defined abs. Endomorphs, it would be extremely challenging. And if you have an endomorphic kind of body and you do achieve six pack abs, you have probably done some fairly drastic measures fairly drastic things in order to achieve that. And is it worth it? Like what else are you doing to your body long term in order to achieve something for right now? This obsession we have with being ultra lean as women has got to go. It's not healthy to be super, super lean men or women, our hormones are drastically affected if we drop too low in body fat. Too high is not good, but too low is not good either. So if we're underweight and we have we don't have enough body fat, then our vital systems in our body start to shut down. This has long-term implications. 
being lean now, say you're 20 years old and like you just have to be lean now. Well, think about what happens when you're 50, 60, 70 and trying to achieve leanness when you're younger has set you up for a whole host of issues like osteoporosis and you know, in increased risk of heart attack. Like these are serious. And I think we're not thinking things through because we're so now focused and now driven that we're not thinking long term. We have such a disordered relationship with our body, with exercise, with food, because it's in our face all the time. Hashtag fitspiration. And, you know, like, I don't know, what does having a super lean body really do? Like, what is the psychological reasoning behind that? Because, you know, biologically, for a woman, an ultra lean body doesn't mean that you're fertile or, you know, going to carry on your genetic code. Like, evolutionarily, what is the point? There is none. So that's interesting when you think about that. Like, what is this phenomenon all about? Is it, you know, longevity? Do we want to be lean and fit because, you know, we're afraid of dying and the fitter we are, then we're not going to die? Well, that's not true either because, you know, death comes to everyone and the leaner you are, the higher risk you are in various diseases so that doesn't make sense either like I don't know <laughs> when you when you start to think about it logically like what really is the point in being so very lean is it control is it just something an area of our life that we can control um, does it do we think it's just going to make us more desirable and And that desire is going to get us better jobs or better mates or a better life. Like what is the actual motivation? What's the actual motivation behind doing what you're doing to your body? Because long term, it's not helping. Evolutionarily, it makes no sense. So what is the real motivation? These are some of the things we need to be asking ourselves when we're striving to attain certain body shapes. Because... The body shape you have is the body shape you got. I know that sounds like crazy, but the body shape you have is the body shape you got. There's not a whole lot you can do to change it. If you have weight to lose, you legitimately have weight to lose or even just want to lose some weight. If you have weight to lose, there's nothing wrong with that. But trying to get a six pack or trying to increase thigh gap or doing things just because it reduces cellulite. These are very superficial reasons to exercise or to eat well. This is not nourishing your body and it's not nourishing your soul either. It's creating more of a dysfunctional relationship with food and it's placing your worth in the way that your body looks. And that's the biggest lie. It's the biggest lie that that we're believing is that our worth is tied to, you know, the amount of body fat we have or, you know, our performance in the gym. Like your worth isn't tied to that. That means nothing at the end of the day. That can be taken away. But your 
worth as a human being cannot be taken away. And it is not derived by how you look or how you perform. Let's touch on hip dips. I didn't even know what hip dips were until it was a thing. And all of a sudden there was all these pins on Pinterest reduce hip dips. I was like, what's hip dips? Well, hip dips is uh, when on your hips when they go in. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with this, but apparently there has to be something wrong with everything about our body. So it was thigh gaps and then all of a sudden it was, it was hip dips. There's nothing wrong with hip dips. Again, this is structural. It's the length of your femur and it's the length of your torso and that whole connection, your Q angle, your hips, um, it's fat distribution. So for example, my body tends to store majority of my fat on my outer thighs. So I have some little saddlebags. There's no shame with that. I have saddlebags. I don't like, I don't care. But like that would increase the look of, of a hip dip, but also like how your glutes are formed and, and how muscular they are or not can also increase or decrease the look of hip dips. Like, I don't know. Again, this is lame. It's superficial. Who cares? Stop. You know, I think one of the biggest ways that we can safeguard ourselves against all of this rhetoric that's just spewed onto us about our bodies is to just stop looking at it. Stop engaging. Change the conversation. Stop talking about how you can get rid of different things and start embracing what it really means to be human, what it means to be a woman, what our bodies are meant to look like, how they function, what what shape they need to be at in order to function well, uh, staying healthy as we age, staying uh, supple and limber and flexible, reducing the risk of injury. Like these are the conversations we need to have. This, These are the conversations we need to change to. How do we embrace exercise in a healthy way? How do we stay active? How do we stay lean? Because being there's nothing wrong with being lean as well. Like how do we stay at a healthy body weight for us individually, but still enjoy life and not be neurotic or super restrictive? How can we find a balance? And then as our as our lives change, our goals change and they have to change. You know, there was a point in time where it was all about the gym and all about intensity. Now I'm in another stage of life, back at school, getting my degree, like my relationship with exercise has matured and evolved. I no longer do what I used to do, nor do I want to. I'm just happy to be active. I'm happy to be able to walk for 60 minutes and feel fantastic and you know, not be out of breath and have, you know, great cardiovascular fitness, um, muscle strength. You know, I do a lot of bar kind of workouts that are very specific in activating certain muscles because I've had knee problems. I've had back problems. I don't want to live in pain. So I need to make sure these muscles are strong. I need to make sure that I stretch. You know, so it's about, it's about pain reduction. It's about longevity. 
This is the real conversation we need to have, not how do I reduce cellulite? How do I get a six pack? How do I get thigh gap? How do I get rid of hip dips? Like none of this matters. And if this is your main focus for exercising, I would really seek help because if you don't change this relationship now with exercise and with your body, it's not going to get better. And sometimes we we need encouragement from other people, but sometimes we actually just need to go and get professional help because those issues that we have with our body and with exercise and that need to control and that need for perfectionism or finding our worth in our body, like we need help in order to navigate through those feelings and those behaviors because there's something deeper going on. There's always something at the root that's causing that behavior. So when we heal whatever that pain is, then a lot of the time we have a much better relationship with exercise and with our body as a result. So instead of focusing on those superficial ways to get this type of body, let's focus on bigger picture stuff. And that is how do we stay healthy over our whole lifetime? How do we stay active over our whole lifetime? What exercises are really going to benefit us now in this season that we're in? Knowing that it can change and it's okay and it's okay for it to evolve and change. And what does my body need to be right now in order to be healthy? Does it need to weigh less? Does it need to weigh more? Do I need to stop caring about weight because it's really inconsequential at this point in my life? You know, what? What does my body need to be at in order to be healthy? When I lost my period and got it back, I would stand in front of the mirror and tell my body, body, you are allowed to be whatever you need to be in order to be healthy. You are allowed to gain weight. You are allowed to be whatever you need to be. We need to stop fighting against what our body is naturally trying to do. We need to stop fighting against our appetite and stop trying to achieve body attributes that are unhealthy and extremely challenging to achieve for majority of people. This should not be the focus. The whole goal, and I've said this before, is to find peace within your body. We're not looking for better bodies. We're looking for peace and acceptance in our bodies right now. That should be the focus. What can I do to achieve peace in my body right now? Not how can I change my body so I feel better, aka so I have more peace within my body. Because changing your shape isn't going to bring you peace. But bringing peace could change your shape. All right, that's it for today. That's my little rant about cellulite, thigh gaps, and six-pack abs. I'd love to hear your feedback. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes and please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.